Hi, this is John Ratzenberger. That's right, the same John Ratzenberger that played the part of the very handsome mailman on the TV show Cheers. Now, it's a little-known fact that, in my heart, I'm just a country boy. Welcome to the NutriBlends Animal Ag Podcast, where we tell the truth about American agriculture. On this podcast, false rumors are run out of town. Misleading marketing gets called out for what it is, and you better have good science to back up your claims or you're getting a boot. You hear me? I'm John Ratzenberger, coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. Good gut health in calves is paramount for good performance. We have seen how Scours has opened up the calf for other severe disease challenges. Dr. Shelby Roberts is currently a beef research scientist at Alltech in Nicholsville, Kentucky. Dr. Roberts joined Alltech in 2017. Dr. Roberts has experienced in both the cow, calf, and feedlot sectors of beef production. She earned a degree in animal science at West Texas A&M University, a master's degree in ruminant nutrition from Oklahoma State University, and a Ph.D. in agriculture with an emphasis in ruminant health and immunology from West Texas A&M University. What's the mascot for a They're the buffaloes. The buffalo. Go yes. buffaloes. Yeah, exactly. Go buffs. Oh. I was just reading something in yesterday's paper about the buffaloes that... Uh, they're starting to get annoyed of the tourists in Yellowstone. I saw that where he attacked, one of them attacked a little girl. Yeah. Yeah. And, and an old lady. Yeah. Yeah. So they, I guess they've had it with the tourists. Yeah. I think they're also really aggressive to begin with. So you get out there and try and take pictures with them and they're like, I'm not having it. Well, also, I know because I, I was up in Yellowstone meeting my son years ago and I saw a woman walking up to a full grown buck, deer. With a lot of a lot of points, antler with a sandwich, holding it up like it's a like puppy. Like eat it. And then I saw, and I looked again, and the husband who had the camera to his face was motioning her to get closer. And I was thought about beeping the horn, but I didn't want to spook the. So the first ranger I saw, I said, "Hey, this is, you know, something bad's going to happen. Yeah. It's certainly going to rip this woman up." He says, oh, so he's walking to his truck to you know, go down there. And, and, and he said, oh, it's nothing last year. Some guy left his wife in, in the front seat of the car, and the wife was coaxing a bear into the car through the window with some food or whatever so the, the husband could take a picture through the front window of the wife in the passenger seat and the bear in the driver's seat. That does not seem very smart. I don't yeah. know why you would think that that's going to be a good idea and it's going to work out well. Yeah. How, how, how do people that stupid even get a driver's I license? I don't know. Yeah. You know, they're, and they're out there, you know, reproducing and having, <laughs> yeah. it's just got to be a law. Yeah. Well, they just don't know. They don't, they're never around animals besides pets. So they think everything's really going to be nice and wants to be pet when in reality. So we can play in Walt Disney. <laughs> yeah. And gentle Ben. Yeah, exactly. And you skewed our view of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, shooting Bambi's mother. <laughs> yeah, I was told because uh, there's so many stories of dolphins saving people, pushing mm-hmm. them to shore. Apparently, the dolphins also push as many people out to sea. Oh, <laughs> there's only the few kind ones that push them forward. Well, that's the only ones we hear about. Yeah, you know, it pushed me because you never hear the story of the guy who's <laughs> drowning in the mid- yeah. middle of the Atlantic. You know. So when talking about building a resilient calf crop, what does all that involve? So um, to me, when we want to build a resilient calf crop, it's really about raising calves that are healthy and capable of handling the stressors that are within the beef system. So we know that there are some certain points within the beef system, like weaning and marketing, where our calves are going to be exposed to not only new environments, but also new pathogens. So if they're healthier and more resilient, when they get to those stressors, they're better capable to um, to handle those stressors and they can get through without getting sick, essentially. What's the best time to implement strategies for building a, a resilient calf crop? So when we're building a resilient calf crop, cow-calf producers kind of hold all the cards in influencing lifetime animal health. Um, So it's going to start earlier than a producer might expect. So it's going to not just start at birth, but it can really start during gestation. So the last couple months, if you change what that animal's feet eating, you can also change how that calf is going to perform. So um, we want to make sure that you're meeting the dam's nutritional requirements. um, And research has shown that when they have those mothers have poor nutrition during gestation, it's actually going to affect calf growth. So not only how you manage your cow, that's going to affect how that calf performs as well. And then another key um, thing about calf health is colostrum quality. So colostrum contains uh, maternal antibodies that are essential for a calf establishing um, gut health. So if we produce more maternal antibodies, that means more uh, are going to be consumed by the calf, and that's going to equal more production or protection for that calf. Well, what's one of the biggest health challenges that producers face in their calf crops? Uh, that's a great question. So scours is actually one of the biggest and most costly challenges that those producers are going to face within their calf crop. So scours is known as calf diarrhea and is really just a, a result of a unhealthy gut. So inflammation occurs within the uh, intestinal tract. And the USDA has reported that about 61% of calf hood sickness is due to scours. So that's over half of the animals that are getting sick is due to scours. Um, and it's a multifaceted t- disease that can be caused by any number of viruses, parasites, and bacteria. So it's kind of difficult to control since we have so many different ways that those animals can be affected. And severe cases of scours have been known to affect not only calf uh, growth, but as they get older in life, it's also going to affect their growth them as well. And it impacts their overall health and performance and overall profitability as well. What are the symptoms of scours that... Uh the producers should be on the lookout for. So there are some pretty obvious signs of scours. It's going to be um, frequent definition and a watery stool. So you're going to be able to tell that as you walk through the pen, there'll be loose um, manure pads or they'll be all over the back of the calves. But there are also some other signs that a producer could look for, such as signs of dehydration, which are going to be like sunken eyes and an abdomen. So those calves aren't drinking. Um, You can also see signs of depression, so that would be droopy ears, those calves are really not moving that much. Um, If they're still on the calf, if if they're still on the cow, 
you can look at they're going to have a weak suckling reflex and then they'll also have some abnormal breathing but it's also important that we detect scours early because the main problem is we want to correct that dehydration so we want to get fluids and electrolytes into those calves as quickly mm -hmm. to help them recover it seems strange to think that cows can get depressed Right. It is a very strange thing, but it does happen if they, I mean, it's just like when we get sick, we don't feel good. We're just depressed. Don't want to move that much. It's going to be the same thing in those calves as well. So do most farms have somebody to go in and hug them? <laughs> no, I don't no. know if the cowboys go out there and hug them, <laughs> yeah. but they'll definitely go out there and check and make sure they're doing good. Well, when, when does scholars usually occur? So it's usually going to occur within the first month of life. That's when the calves' immune system is really not quite developed yet, and they're more at risk of getting sick. Um, and so periods of stress like weaning and when you move those animals to the feedlot also can occur scours just because those animals are stressed and their, their gut probably isn't as healthy as it needs to be. Well, how can establishing gut health uh, help prevent scours? So traditionally when we think of uh, calf health, we don't really – talk about gut health. Um, but we need to think about, like I said, scours is the number one cause of calf uh, sickness. So we really need to think about how we can produce a healthy gut to prevent that sickness. So scours is a result of unhealthy or an inflamed gut. The hind gut is going to be the ideal target of improving immunity because that's where one, there's about 70% of the immune system actually resides in the gut, which a lot of producers don't know. They just think it's the blood system or something like that. But a lot of it actually is in the gut. So if we improve gut health, we can improve overall health. Um, and also, besides immune cells, there's a diverse community of bacteria that live within the gut. So there's both beneficial bacteria right. that help for um, producing, breaking down things or it's, it's good for the gut. Or we have pathogenic bacteria as well. So it's going to be like E. coli, salmonella, things that already reside in those animals. But if the bad bacteria can produce faster than the good bacteria, then we're going to get, that's when we get problems is when those things attach the gut mm. and cause damage. What causes the inflammation in the first place in the gut? So again, it's when those pathogenic bacteria like E. coli or salmonella can overpopulate. So they get bound they can colonize within the gut wall. So there's enough of them. They have the ability to attach the gut wall, um, and they attach the villi, they damage the villi, and therefore you're going to impact nutrient absorption. So damage to the gut wall can result in depressed uh, immune system, uh, poor nutrient absorption, and losses in production. If, if you just did nothing, would it spread throughout the the entire herd? Oh, yes, sir. It's those pathogens are really um, contagious or not contagious, but they can be passed throughout the herd, especially if you have a dirty pen or something and there's manure everywhere. That's really, it can be easily spread throughout the herd. So what are the supplements uh, that are around to, to address gut health? So an easy way that you can look at it is, so, you know, in humans, we have probiotics and prebiotics. So we have the same oh, thing right, for right, animals. Right. So you can supplement with something, known, a prebiotic known as Biomoss. Um, it's just the Biomoss are a yeast cell wall product that promotes growth of those beneficial bacteria. And that prevents those pathogenic ones like E. coli from overpopulating the gut and causing inflammation. What's Biomoss? So Biomoss is, a, is created from a select strain of Saccharomyces cerevisiae yeast, 
And it's actually the outer. So if you think of the yeast as an orange, the moss is going to be the outer portion or the peel of it. Um, and it contains what's called mannan oligosaccharides, which is where we get the name moss. So it's just the abbreviation of that term. Um, and it's designed to support gut health and overall performance. Um, and it can shown that bile moss promotes healthy microbial populations um, to stimulate the calf's natural defenses. What is the, what is the research uh, on biomoss show? So they Alltech has been doing research on biomoss for over twenty years. It's one of our um, first products that was developed, and we have over seven hundred published trials on biomoss alone, um, and that's in various species from beef cattle to dairy cattle, chickens, pigs. I think we have a few on llamas. So we have it in mm. various um, other species as well. Um, and in, bi- in beef cattle specifically, we've, we've shown that when you feed it, you can feed it to uh, stimulate the immune activity, alter intestinal microbial populations, and it also enhances production of those maternal antibodies that we were talking about earlier that are important for establishing health. Um, so we've seen that feeding biomass can benefit all sectors of the beef system. Mm. What are the benefits of biomass supplementation in in the cow and calf sector? So when we think of the cow-calf sector, we're actually, the research has shown that it's going to support that transfer of antibodies from the dam to the calf. So when the studies have shown that biomass supplementation improves the production of those antibodies. So the cow is not only, she's producing more of them, so that means that the calf's going to consume more. And our studies have shown that improved maternal antibody production also results in that calf having greater antibody titers as well. So the improvements in immune function results from driving health and overall performance, especially when those calves are under stress. Do calves or cows have allergies? I don't know. I think they can have allergies. So some have seen vaccine allergies, but I don't know if they would have like food allergies like we would have. Yeah. Well... What are the benefits of biomass supplementation in, in receiving calves? So this is really where biomass can have a big impact is in our receiving calves. Um, so when supplementing to receiving calves, whether that be the calves that you're just weaning or whether you're moving those animals to the feedlot, biomass is shown to support overall health and performance of those stressed calves. Um, our studies have reported that using biomass during the first 20 days of feedlot arrival supports uh, average daily gain, minimizes the feed costs of those animals, and it also mm. drives down the total treatments that those are, that the animals have. Well, if a producer wants to influence herd health, what's the recommended feeding of biomass? Um, my best recommendation for feeding biomass is to use it as a preventative. So you, what that means is you want to use biomass um, as a method to establish gut health before those animals get to the periods of sickness. Um, so for the cow-calf sector, we recommend that you start feeding biomass about a month prior to calving and then continue that supplement for the, about the first month after the calves are born. Um, so that's going to really help, one, get those antibody productions in those cows, but also establish gut health in those calves when they're 
really the most prone to sickness. Um, and if we're feeding them to a weaning calf on the ranch prior to them being shipped to the feedlot, um, it's recommended that you make biomass available through a transition mineral two to three weeks prior to those animals being weaned. And you give that same mineral to those calves during weaning. So again, we're preparing that gut for those periods of stress. So if it's healthier going into it, surely it's going to survive longer if it encounters some kind of pathogen or something. And then if we are talking about feedlot receiving cattle, we recommend that you feed it for the, about the four, first 14 to 21 days of receiving. So again, to get those cattle on feed and get their gut healthy. So in addition to the biomass supplementation, um, what are the, the farm biosecurity measures that farmers put in place to help prevent scours? So there are some numerous uh, management practices, actually, that you could use to minimize calf exposure to those cattle. So there's, they're really simple on-farm uh, management practices, and those can include maintaining a clean calving area. So again, if you're calving cows in areas that are muddy, that you're probably going to have more sick calves because oh, you're sure. having more exposure to those pathogens. Um, you also want to keep stocking rates in those calving areas low. I mean so, the population, the numbers. Right. So, yeah, have fewer number of cows in calving areas. Because um, when you have those higher number of cows in there, you're getting more contamination of feces within the pen. And so those calves are going to be exposed to more pathogens that way as well. And then also you want to segregate your calves kind of according to age. So if you have um, – this is just going to prevent transmission of those pathogens from – healthy older calves to those newer calves coming in. So maybe every two weeks you have a calving window. And so for those two weeks, those cows are in one pen. And then the next week you start another pen of calves. That way you kind of keep them within the same age and you're not exposing those animals continually to new pathogens. And then lastly, you want to make sure once you find a calf that's sick, you want to isolate her and the dam or isolate that calf and the dam from the cow herd, again, to prevent those pathogens from being spread to the, the whole herd. Yeah, so it's really almost uh, common sense. Yes. Yes, sir. It's really common sense. Just keep the, you want to keep those sick calves. It's like people in the hospital. If you're sick, you want right. to make sure that they are Put them out in the parking area. lot. <laughs> no, I don't know if the parking <laughs> lot. Maybe it's the other way around. The healthy people go to the oh, parking there you lot. Go. I'm sorry, I got it mixed up. Yeah, that's why I don't run a hospital. <laughs> Traditionally, when discussing uh, calf immunity, a healthy gut isn't at the top of a producer's priority list, and yet scours is the number one cause of calf mortality. Scours are the result of an unhealthy, inflamed gut. The hind gut is an ideal target through which to influence calf immunity, since 70% of the calf's immune system resides within the gut. An easy way to influence good gut health is through the supplementation of prebiotics. Prebiotics are yeast cell wall products that promote growth of the beneficial bacteria and support immune function. Dr. Roberts, I want to thank you and encourage our listeners to join us next week to hear what's on tap in animal agriculture.